Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, we're going to find a way to make this like a six-hour recording. <laughs> I'm well, sure we... not. Well, yes, I want to go to bed. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I had uh, travel for work and stuff, and I don't normally do that. You can ask my wife. I don't travel well. Like, I hate the actual process of traveling. It, it's mm. awful. Um, I just can't stand it. Once I'm there, fine. But when I'm actually in the process of like going, I mean, somebody said this today, who actually likes going through airport security or something? Like, it, it, I don't, I don't think there's anybody out there that's excited about it, but it's just a miserable experience for me. So I hate it. Um, understandable yeah so i'm kind of beat we'll see how long this one actually takes but we are officially speaking of long drawn out processes at the end of spoiler season for siege 2 and i'm not gonna lie they they kind of ended with a bang to some extent yeah from a battle card perspective i would agree absolutely now there are a couple things that i was surprised didn't appear as effects on battle cards and i'm sure we'll we'll get into it I'm confident this this is oh well, from the design team's perspective. We'll leave this space open to circle back to it later on. Um, but there were some pretty exciting things. Uh, do you want to dive right into it? Because oh, I'm yeah. ready to go. Yeah. All right. Yep. So we're going to do the character cards first. If you look closely, these are not quite in order. Uh, there's a reason for that for the battle cards, but you'll probably understand when we get to them. So. The remaining character card at this stage is Sergeant Springer. So it's fine. I don't know what the we want to call it. What was that? We only had one left. Yeah, that was the only. Well, this was the one that they officially said that this is the last last bot huh. when they put him out. Mm-hmm. Um, now I don't know if I want to call these reprints the, these characters, but obviously we saw Springer before. He didn't really set the world on fire. We'll see how this one does. So. He's still a triple changer. Uh, he is a leader truck specialist in alt mode one. Six, 16, two. 12 stars. When you flip to this mode, you may scrap an action card from your hand. If you do, draw two cards. If you go to alt mode two, which is helicopter mode, leader helicopter specialist, six, 16, two again. Uh, when you flip to this mode, you may scrap an upgrade from your hand. If you do, you get two cards. Draw two. Now, in bot mode, he's a leader and a specialist, 616-2, so he keeps his stat line in all the modes. When you have seven or more cards in your hand and flip to this mode, bot mode, you may play an action, then you may play an upgrade. Now, first thing is, is I dug out my <laughs> my Springer from the Thrilling 30, and it actually says he's an armored car. So people out there that were complaining that he's a truck, yeah, there is evidence that he's a car. But hmm. that's neither here nor there, at least as far as gameplay goes. So this guy, I'll, I think you had said something offline similar, Scott, but at first glance, I wasn't blown away by him. But the more I've thought about him, the more I've looked at him, he's very much growing on me. Uh, do, do you feel or did you start the same way with this character? Yeah, I wasn't impressed at first at all. Um, thinking it would just put too much pressure on your hand and too much pressure on, um, like what you had, especially like what you had in hand at the time of doing certain things and too many flips and, and and things like that. But in reality, 
there's a lot of different ways that you can use these abilities to your advantage, and it yeah. really helps deck, deck, deck construction as well. Um, I guess my biggest concern with him at first, which I, I don't think is justified, but my original thoughts on him were just that, like, ultimately he's just going to be, like, like a pile of stats, like we've said before, but right. there, I think there's a there are reasons for that now, and as well as, I think it's a lot more versatile than just that anyway. Yes. Especially with certain with certain combos that work with him, and again, in fleshing out decks using him, you you save yourself a lot of room. So right, and that's the, I guess the subtle power with this guy, which kind of helps support the idea that you know he isn't impressive at first glance, but the more both you and I have thought about him, that he does show promise for exactly the reason that you outlined. Well, at least a lot of reasons, but one of them that I wanted to highlight is you free up deck space. It allows you to supplement other cards or other interactions because the the digging and the draw effects so that you can ensure we've seen the power with Cliff Jumper. We've seen the power with Trust uh, Lieutenant Bumblebee. I, it would be nice if we could have seen it with Wave 2 Megatron, but since he combines both being a triple changer... It allows you to do and things that you wouldn't normally be able to do, allows you to smooth out a lot of draws, allows you to find things that you want. And my first thought was that the flip the bot mode was going to be more challenging than it actually is because I looked at seven cards and said, I can't even remember the last time I had seven cards in my hand. But it's actually not that difficult of a scenario to engineer if you want it to happen. No, it's quite easy to engineer. Actually. Yeah, yeah, and by engineer, it's like, well, I'll just activate him. Yeah, he's quite. It's quite easy. Yeah, it, it it was one of those things that, like I said, I just simply looked at the number and said, well, that's a big number, you know, in the grand scheme of things for this, and because it doesn't necessitate like Bumblebee or like Megatron, where you have to attack. It allows you, you know, you could sit back with him and do things with other characters allow him to to buff them because you're digging for things it opens up a lot of options yeah and i think what what i really like about it is that like you don't have to run confidence i mean you wouldn't run swindled but i mean like you don't mm. have to run confidence you don't have to run inspiring leadership you don't have to run these typical type of cards and like and just making decks with him like it was becoming difficult to even find enough cards i wanted to play because i'm so used to those types of cards. yeah you immediately start off with those on your deck list yeah yeah but when you don't need those cards because you're i don't want to say your main character but i mean i I don't think mathematically well i guess technically if you had a too tall deck there could be somebody that was more stars but i mean right like like I, i guess it's just hard to see like like where i didn't think this was going to fuel its own deck archetype but it, and it, I don't know that it necessarily does. It's just that it assists in what you're able to do in the deck itself because of how much uh, sifting through your deck you can do as well as like a pretty good stat line to start with. So. Right. And the stat line actually is important to me. I mean, that's one of the first things I'm drawn to on all the characters because I have some internalized metrics that roughly equate to, okay, if you're in the... I don't want to say nine, but like the 10 to 12 star range, you must have at least six attack before I'm even really going to examine it because otherwise you end up struggling because now you're investing so many stars and this guy's just doing nothing and you, you skip a, a phase it in that you would lose out on your combat step. 
to some extent. Mm-hmm. Similarly, yep. him having two defense is also another one of those those thresholds that if you wanted to run in blue or any other character for blue, it's just having one defense or lower, obviously, is just such a huge liability. So this guy, in retrospect, I almost wonder what I was thinking when I said, nah, there's not much to this guy because it checks off a lot of boxes other than he's not ranged. I guess that's <laughs> the only sad thing about it. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. Um, I was a little surprised given... So he's a common, which again, we've mentioned many times that he it's not necessarily power level correlating to rarity or vice versa. Uh, but compared to the other triple changers that we've seen, he seems to be head, both constructed and limited wise is probably seems to be head and shoulders above the remainder because we're talking about astro train ape face and whatever the the autobot one is that i can't think of the name he's actually one of the ones where i think is actually worse than limited just because i think the seven really? card ability is gonna be hard. i think is i mean the seven card ability i think is just gonna be harder because mm-hmm. you're just not gonna have sandstorm yeah. than, sorry Chad, you're just not gonna yeah. have the Oh, yeah, yeah. You're just not going to have the partners that allow it to happen as easily as, as you wouldn't otherwise. Well, I think the the alt mode 1 and alt mode 2, because he doesn't lose anything statistically between the modes, I think you can just churn through. You know, in limited, you're going to obviously be forced to play a number of things that you probably consider unplayable otherwise. So this guy at least allows you to go dig for the important stuff. I'll pitch my random utility to go find my good weapon. Oh, I think you would still play it. I just don't think you're going to have like the as explosive nature as you can and construct it, obviously. Oh, well, yes. <laughs> so you're saying we can't combo deck in limited or it's not likely? <laughs> I think I can agree with that. I, I just don't think I just don't think necessarily playing two. I don't think you're going to necessarily be able to scope a hand of like two action combat actions, two combat upgrades in the same turn to even let it happen, even though you only have a 25 card deck. So I'm sure maybe. I, I'm probably completely wrong. I'm sure you can scope, you know, scope the the same exact hand every single game with this guy, because you'll just be sh- sifting through it. But right. it's going to be a lot harder. It, it, it's going to be harder, I guess. I would say to 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 the get highest the of highs. Card. Yeah, the seven card hand just might be harder because you do need either to use the ability twice without playing anything, right? Or you need you need another source of 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 like getting a free card out of the deal and. Mm. and that's going to be harder to do unless you have partners that somehow have that ability built in. Absolutely, so. yeah. But at the end of the day, it's a 12-star character with a pretty solid stat line. You were probably going to play him if you opened him anyway, barring oh, yeah, yeah, other yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually really like Springer. I'm one of those people that, yeah, I, I watch Season 3. I do like Season 3. I'm not as attached to any of the characters from Season 3. I don't... But this guy does seem to have better things to do tonight, so. Yes. <laughs> Any other thoughts on our final character card for this set of reveals? No, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Springer. I do like him a lot. So we'll move on from there, and we're going to move into the battle cards, of which there's only a handful. Our first one up is Fight for Position. So this is a black and orange pip. And one of your characters gets bold two until end of turn. So it's a, I mean, I hate to call it this, but a weaker supercharge. I mean, I get that it's not strictly weaker, but. Um, it is obviously, but I mean, at the same time, I think it's, I think it's up there with like steady shot where like, mm. 
if you want to run black pips on color, this is a fine one to run without losing yes. that much. So, I still am not a huge fan personally of the orange black combo with respect to like if you're playing an aggressive deck. I'm at least at this time there. There's a not a huge number of orange black pipped cards that you want to play, and you're not going to feel bad about playing. And then additionally, in most cases, wouldn't you just be better off going for the high score and trying to you know do a million? Yeah, but I mean, if there's yes, but I mean, like you know, things like our disruptor blade cause situations where you need yes. to have certain playable ones. So yeah, Sound Blaster's is... probably not unhappy to see this. No, and 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 I, I think if if you need redundancy on this ability, this is fine. I mean, like we're we're not. Yeah. I don't. We're not, we know we're not going to get to a point where, uh, as we talked about in the past, like a black pivot isn't for some reason built a cost built into a card instead of just I guess you could say like being free right so so at that point this is exactly the power level you'd expect out of a, out of a card so it's it's playable because of that reason if mm. you need that ability right I personally I'm not sure I mean it's still early enough that all of this could change as always these all these reviews are always hot takes it's just our initial thoughts on it mm -hmm. I don't I'm not super excited to sleeve this up, and it's also, at least we're talking constructed, because for limited, this is probably fine. Um, and if you're, I feel as though there's an, a high enough quantity, even with the loss of press the advantage, to be able to slot something in here and fight per, for position still stays in the box or the binder. But I'm open to it being a different alternative. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, I mean, I've, I can see it both ways. Yeah, it's... Like you said, if if I want a fifth copy, fourth or fifth copy of Supercharge or something, maybe this is what I'm going for, or in that oddball scenario with the Sound Blaster deck that wants to hit a certain target of Black Pips, I guess. Um, I, what I like about this, and the same reason I like Steady Shot, even though I don't... I wasn't running decks that needed it, is just that... You can main deck this card and basically have game against both sides of the coin yes. without losing that much power level either way. Like you can certainly I, now this will this is this will change, but like you know, like a supercharge was pure or or a, a combat action was a pure advantage in an orange based meta, right? Um, and wasn't even a huge disadvantage in a blue base meta because of the numbers that you were able to get to. Now that may change. Um, so to me, I think this is important to have um, just because it gives you game on both sides, which may be more popular in certain metas, which we don't know what it's going to shape up to yet. So I just right. think that, I think this will see more play than it would have before the set was really and I, I know that is obvious because it's in the set but. well yes <laughs> I, I wasn't I was ignoring that part I get you yes I mean I get what you're saying it's just I could see that down the line right now I'm I don't see enough cards that would allow you to play both sides of the coin like that blue matchups and orange matchups featuring a black pip where you could consistently count on it so are you gonna 
end up, okay, I pierce one with my random, you know, my five star that got in sort of thing. I mean, yes, that's better than doing zero, but I don't know how much it matters. I think we may be reaching situations where where it may matter. Right, and that that's it. We'll get to that shortly. Yes, <laughs> but yes, you're not. You are not incorrect. So, any other thoughts for fight for position? No, I think it's fine. Yeah, that and that's not the the damning kind of fine. No, 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 no. exactly, exactly. exactly. Uh, just to clarify for everybody out there. So this is one that you may be more enthusiastic about, Scott, and this is Sabotaged Armaments. This is a blue pip secret action. You reveal it when one of your characters defends, and when revealed, scrap all the attacker's weapons. Uh, This one, just to put it out there, we're probably going to theorize a lot on how it interacts with a number of different things as we go through this, because at the time of this recording, we haven't gotten the official... FAQ, we haven't gotten the official statements, as far as I know, unless you know otherwise, Scott, for how this no. certain things work. So we're going to make some assumptions, and but even if they're incorrect, I I think this thing's okay. <laughs> yeah, so we're under the assumption that this works against all weapons um, that would give you bold, for example, is the big one. But specifically, so just to clarify here... We're talking flamethrowers. However, things like kinetic whip give it to the character. So we're thinking that it works there, but not in the other one. If the card reads where it gives it to a character, it would not affect this, correct? Exactly. But like your your backup beams, your your lionizers, your flamethrowers, your things like that, yes. Right. Correct. If that's and, the way the card reads. Right. I mean, that's what... It logically makes sense... Yeah, chat. I mean, right. chat's agreeing with this as well. But this is, um, again, it's a best case get or best educated guess. Of course, we could find out tomorrow or whenever the FAQ comes out. I think it's supposed to actually be a week from tomorrow. Uh, we're in a follow up from Watsi that, yeah, it, it works totally different. But we'll find out very quickly. But in the grand scheme of things, even if that were to not work, this still has a drastic impact because, well, Battle Masters were pretty popular, I've heard, for example. Yeah, this really hurts them. There, there's a number of things that this hurts, and I think what you were alluding to with Fight for Position, Scott, is that we may be in for some changes as a result of some of these cards. Changes being generalized overall metas. Yeah, this 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 card is meta-defining, in my opinion. Um, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, the, the way the game had played out previously in a world where this card didn't exist was basically like, I mean, we had said many times before, like, you know, one, one of the reasons why, like, we were, I guess you could say, like, you know, one of the mistakes about being anti-combiner for a while was just basically like, we just didn't take into consideration that you could just stick a weapon and upgrade on any character, no matter what their initial starting stats were, and suddenly you were, you know, plus six. Yeah, the, so, gr- the grenade launcher reckless charge scenario on random guys. <laughs> right, right. Or even up to plus eight, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Live so the dream, really, Scott. Really, come on. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is this is the... Um, this was the fallacy. I, I won't use it. I won't use another word. Um, okay. <laughs> when, when, pe- when people say, like, 
I'm going to make a deck that isn't using all the popular characters. I'm going to make this type of deck. But my deck has four, you know, three grenade launchers, three reckless charges, three leap into battles, all this other stuff that, you know, you know, trust the advantage, all the, all the stuff that he's playing, all the normal decks. So it really doesn't matter what characters you're using. If you're mm-hmm. doing all that, it didn't really matter. At a certain point, like you said, if you're giving any random guy plus eight, they're probably large enough. Right, their their text boxes were, could be completely blank, and it was re- irrelevant. So exactly, that's no longer going to be the case in a world where this exists. Yeah, those characters now suddenly have to matter because, in for example, those orange matchups where you're playing this, your opponent is orange. You could be taking away half their turn now. Yes, infiltrate did something similar before, but this could have now you have both sides. Yes, that's also an important. That's another important factor as well. Yes, but I think it's. I think it's just. I mean, the fact that this is blue is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, I. I'm stunned that this is not orange. To be perfectly honest, like that would have fit the pattern with a number of other cards that we've seen. That it, you know, you get a really awesome defensive effect, but you get an off-color pip to you know break it up a bit. Yeah. So to to correlate off what you said earlier, like the you now have like just a plethora of secret actions that are playable between this one and uh I forget what it's called, but the tough three one are pretty ubiquitous. Like Yeah, where, hidden fortifications. Yeah, they they just make sense to play them and make sense for it to be any one of these and you're just gonna be getting like a three to four essentially a three to four defensive boost, which is probably going to like in most situations, assuming you're playing a defensive deck, just bounce the attack. I mean um, that that's a good point that if you look at this particular card as if you're playing a weapon, it's probably at least plus three. You know, it's your erratic lightnings through grenade launchers. You know, it the, should be, yeah. There yeah. are other options, of course, but yeah, you know, you the the baseline that we're assuming when you're looking at it competitively is that your weapon play has to be a plus three because otherwise you're you're underpowered compared to alternatives. So this thing says you get plus three defense. If that was the card text, I feel like everybody would lose their minds. Correct. I mean, I guess. I mean, like, it would just be, I mean, no one, people would lose their mind over the tough three one, which essentially is what that says in decks that should be using it. Right. So. But um, it's one of those that I don't think it, because it doesn't literally say that, I, I don't know if it just doesn't register in people's minds immediately, but I'm confident that the first time this happens to you, you're going to learn real quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, the, the orange one from Siege 1 just gives your guys plus one defense. I mean, like, there's no comparison between that card and this card at all. Yeah, it, it's really strange, like you said, the, between the on-color pip that it does this. I mean, it has a different seeker on here, but I, for some reason I just thought it would be really funny to do this with Captain Starscream to, to pop things on their turn to ping them, but... Mm-hmm. That's that's a completely random side note. I don't know what made me think of that. <laughs> um, I really like this thing, and it's. I anticipate we're both going to see it, and it's going to influence things drastically overall. Because, as you said, now there is a significant quantity of playable secret actions, and all for the same deck. Not that they would exist in different builds. So now, I'm playing against this, so I know what secret actions they have. If you're sitting down across from a shockwave build, are you confident you're you're picking up which secret action it is? 
No, and there's even there's even more options than that. I mean, they can be playing random one of hijacks, random yes, random swerves, like random just other stuff that isn't this bad. But like you basically, you either need to go. Into well, you could get blown say, out by one of those, depending on right. you know if you do something weird. It's like, oh well, I think it's sabotage armament, so I'm gonna do all this other stuff, and then you get blown out because of whatever. Yeah, that'll probably happen more in like the infiltrate or the the orange infiltrate one. Likely, yeah, that will probably come into play more often. But um, j- just in terms of like just the way the game plays out, I mean, there, there just aren't gonna there aren't enough critical turns where this isn't going to have an impact. Like, I I can't yeah. see where where it, it's similar to hiding spot where like. You don't. You didn't need the hiding spot every turn to make it like amazing. Of you just. You just needed a hiding spot, basically once every three turns. If your guys were able to actually, if your other characters, that yeah, you were, if they weren't just killing them and opening you up right. all the time, right? So like that was kind of the point. Like like it, this is exactly the same situation. Like you don't have to play it every single turn for it to have a massive effect, which is essentially like like completely blanking your opponent's attack and but more importantly like almost completely blanking what could be your opponent's entire turn like if you're like how many turns did you go like treasure hunt into a weapon or confidence that's gonna feel real bad when you do that now right it's gonna get awkward fast yeah so i mean this i mean this is as close as we have, in my opinion, to uh, that that take an extra turn piece or tyranny effect. I won't use the other <laughs> but term. on the blue side. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, I won't use the other term that I usually use. So well, we did actually have somebody ask the other day when we brought it up. So we, you were uh-huh. able to explain <laughs> the take an extra turn effect or blank your opponent's entire turn effect. Um, yeah. So I mean, we we have to see how this is going to play out. But like in the theoretical world of like everybody has three characters, like the person that has this is going to be now be an advantage in a situation. And I think like this, I I haven't seen a card. I think in not in Siege One. So I, I guess since I guess technically since Rise of the Combiners, like I haven't seen a battle card this powerful. Yeah, this definitely feels like it. It changes the outlook on the entire game because of the potential it has. Uh, and that's before you get into all the other factors that we discussed where it's an initial secret action that's playable. So now there's a lot of redundancy there. The potential for blowout plays. The fact that it – I mean it goes back to the original point of, of shifting the view of the meta. But the way it interacts with things that everybody just assumed would always be there – such as mm-hmm. we started out with like the battle masters, that sort of thing. Um, to an extent, I'm a little surprised that we got this so close to battle masters. Um, just cause it's like, they didn't have a whole lot of time to breathe. I guess they did, but I think, well, I mean, I think this is a lot, a lot about the lack of differentiation and how decks were playing out. It could be. I mean, we've, we've heard many times from, the Wizards team that, you know, these were designed obviously together and and it's interesting how which cards made it into which set because presumably it was 
they built a lot of them and then divvied them up. Maybe not all of them, but uh, they probably had a good chunk of exactly what both of them were going to look like. Yeah, I just I, like I think this has a lot to do with the fact that they or the decks were just looking so similar that there needed to be something differentiating them. And, and mm-hmm. if it if it is in the characters, like you're going to want to be playing characters that have better stats or better abilities that work without having to rely on a weapon. I think right. it's, I think it's it's important. So, yep, yeah, this is. So. I mean, I don't. We could go on for a while about this. Uh, I don't know if there's any other specific points you wanted to bring up about it, Scott. But I think at the end of the day, the bottom line is this seems really good, and I'm gonna be. <laughs> I'm gonna both plan on either playing it myself or definitely seeing a lot of it. Yeah, if you're not prepared for this, you're. You're, you're not looking. You're not looking at the right game, and right now it, it's going to be real awkward when you sit down and somebody puts this in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else you want to add about sabotage armament, Scott? No, I'm sure you'll be seeing it a lot. Oh yeah. Uh, chat was saying we you could team it with Nightbird, so it, when they confidence, they get pinged and then lose the weapon that they spent time doing. Yeah, that's like the treasure on scenario. Yeah, you can't. Turns can't play out that way anymore. Yeah, you, you just can't risk it. If your opponent has a secret action play, of course. <laughs> Rip the only deck that I've relied on to win at least two, three starts <laughs> my matches. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find another one out there, Chad. <laughs> All right, so yeah. we'll move on from armaments to maybe something that you might not be excited about, Scott, but I have a special place in my heart for it, and that's Toolbox. Uh, so it's a green pip. It's an, a utility. If character would be... If excuse me, if damage would be repaired from the upgraded character, instead repair that much damage plus one. Jokingly in Discord, somebody pinged me and said, "Hey, it's more for the ratchet deck." Which, yes. <laughs> if this was all your, so we've gotten a number of additional heals in this set. We've also gotten some AOE repairs in the form of Ratbat and other characters. If this wasn't upgrading the single character which i initially thought it was everybody uh maybe it would have i mean it would obviously be better but i don't i'm having difficulty outside of memes trying to make this a thing do you have any insight to this one scott or are you of the same opinion until we get a keyword that allows you to to repair like on a regular basis i I (laughs) at the start of your turn repair one yeah, I fail to see where this is going to see any play. I mean, yeah. the only thing I can the only thing I can say is that like I, I'm sure there will be some safeguard based combo where like, but it but like you know, as long if you turn your medics into a heal three, and if you turn your, I mean, the other the mercenary card could already heal three, so that was already a comp. But the problem is, is that this is one of those where the. And again, if this was everybody, I think we'd have a slightly different discussion. But even then, it would still be tough. But say medic, just to use it as an example, healing three seems like it would be a lot and maybe worthwhile looking into, but now you're investing two cards to do it, and only the second medic really is getting above and beyond value, and I don't know if that's a thing. Given some of the other cards that we're seeing and just general ideas about where Siege 2 is going to lead us, maybe repairing is a thing. But with no other pips on this, I don't know. I I want to like it because I want some sort of repair-focused build to live. I don't know if this is the one to do it. 
I mean, it's all about safeguard. If you're blanking two of your opponents' attack through, right. I generally again, but it comes down to like it, this is going to take an entire turn to set this up to basically like you're. I don't think you can then. Well, if you have a second safeguard character, then it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. But if you don't, then mm. like it's a different story. But and no, absolutely no character I've seen with safeguard actually wants to attack in that mode. They only want to somehow defend in that mode. Right. So it's gonna be t- it's gonna be tough to like actually be advancing your board state. I mean, I can picture this. where that that build would go because you could use like the brave secret action into hot rod sort of thing. Or I guess all the are all the safeguard characters Autobots. I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I mean, you could do something like that, or like you said, or chats volunteering swerve. That's another way to do it. I mean, I like that card in general just for funsies. Um, yeah, but how do you do that the second time? That's my point. Like you can attack with a, a safeguard guy first. They have to attack him. The safeguard triggers. Now you have to spend an entire turn healing unless him you up. play it. Unless you play the mercenary card first, but like that's why that card is just so much better than playing a, a heal two and this because it's all in one of your two action steps. Exactly. So you have to spend yeah. your entire turn doing this. Now all of a sudden you're like, okay, you'd have now, to have two like, safeguard guys then because otherwise your right. other character that gets in is now exposed and they're going to go well. I'll just punch that guy. Right. So sometime a bunch of turns later, when you when this is the only guy they can attack again, now you're going to have safeguard active again like there's no chance of that because yeah. he's just going to get somehow taking a point of damage outside of combat like it's just not going right. to happen and additionally this i mean outside of the mercenary repair you have rat bats thing you have the various like repair bays or emergency maintenance or medic or i'm trying to think of the chop, other ones what was that chop shop's ability chop shop's ability you need you yeah. need a rat bat or chop shop please yeah, exactly think- yeah I mean, it's definitely the chop shop that they built it for because he he's off of green cards. But yeah, I think well, doesn't he like if you pitch a green like that's it like like him with the safeguards fine, but mm-hmm. like that just seems that just seems like a bunch of really bad cards that you have to play for like not that much of a dramatic effect. It, well, because at the end of the day, you still need to win the game, so you're uh-huh. you're busy not dying, but your opponent is still hammering you and chop shop and then. Hot Rod or whoever have like four attack. So you spent all your turns not dying instead of say giving them weapons. So you're maybe not even doing any damage depending on what you're playing against. Yeah, just play the other card we talked about that'll actually keep you alive and actually advance your board <laughs> stay at the same time and you won't have a problem. There is that. But mm-hmm. I'm going to keep it in mind because like I said, I, I want to build heals.deck for the memes. Uh, so moving from Toolbox, we have our last preview, and this one got me really excited, Scott, and I know it was exciting for you as well, but I have, aside from the card itself, it was hilarious because in the official review, they actually said Spirit Magic Helmet, which, as we said on one of the previous shows, just makes me laugh, so I appreciate that that was in there. Um, this is Sturdy Javelin, so it's a white pip weapon. While this is on a melee character, it has plus two attack. While this is on a ranged character and it attacks, scrap this card and do two damage to an enemy. So similar to when we were talking about the interaction of sabotaged armaments with bold, I think this beats quote unquote sabotaged armaments. Yeah, it will. will. Because it should go off and then, but again, it's just 
officially we don't know, but I think that's how it should work. Yeah, it, it, it'll work that way. Yeah. Just like the multi, just like the, the helicopter plane card will work also. That's what I would expect, yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us all about how exciting this thing is, Scott, because I feel like this is pretty exciting. <laughs> Yeah, this card's insane. It's like, did I invent this card? Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Did <laughs> you know for the Energon Invitational, you're supposed to get to design a card. It sounds like you designed a card ahead of time. <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is just a this is just a white plasma verse, right? I mean, I, I I understand that like I, you you actually have to attack with a guy, but like, and it's it's not quote unquote outside of combat, but like. For all intents and purposes, it's just a white plasma verse, right? I mean, like, where is so it not? The, the issue there is, so clearly we're going to want to put this in the range package, right? So range package for anybody out there. If this is your first time listening to the show, uh, <laughs> it's marksmanships, arm hovercrafts, that sort of thing, because you get your out-of-combat burn. Mm-hmm. That's there, more efficient than other burn. Yes, it it's... There is an argument, potentially, I'm not, I don't really subscribe to this, but hear me out, that there is a drawback because those are blue cards, presumably the mark, the uh, range package is going into a blue shell. This means that you're not playing a Scoundrel's Blaster, a Energon Axe, a whatever, so that that dork that it's on may be doing nothing in combat. That may have been true anyway, hence why I'm not really a huge necessarily buying the argument. But I think that could be a counterpoint, or that that's the drawback. Uh, I'm trying. I'm like trying to work it out out loud, and I mean, that's the best I can come up with at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, the advantage of this card is that it doesn't have to go on the target that you can actually attack. That's why it's so much better than like you're you're you're. Oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm. I'd love like this thing. A scenario, you're painting a scenario where you actually damage the guy that you can also attack. Mm-hmm. And that's where that's where it'll be worse. Again, assuming there's no secret action play. Um, it's going to ruin your weapon. I, I guess I can see that point. Mm-hmm. Sort of. But I mean, well, like, it's a question of does... And obviously you would play it out differently if this was true. But is giving up your upgrade phase for the turn too costly to Plasma Burst? And I don't believe that's true i think it's worth spending your upgrade to do that i mean i don't i can't spend my upgrade now to do that or else i would do it so i mean well yes, yes. <laughs> um yeah there's no I, I don't see none of these things are downsides to me at all like it, if it no if it was blank i don't i don't know that it would have a downside i, I don't this is another one where i'm i'm surprised by the pip in this case because there is one yeah, this is just super powerful. I mean, like, this is just a white... I mean, it's a white plasma burst. There's just no other way around it. Because... And the fact that you don't have to hit... Um, the guy you're punching. The character... Yeah, it's just... Um, even better. I mean, yeah. this is just go... I mean, so you can technically direct damage some guy out of combat for, like, four for to four. five. Yeah. Easy, yeah. Easy, easily in a turn. Easily in a turn. Not N5. Easily in a turn. And that without even those are are pretty significant numbers. Now, to that end, we've also been seeing pretty or growing numbers on the health side of things for a number of characters from this set. So, 
maybe it, it, I don't want to say it evens out, but you know, you can see the the arms race there between direct damage and the ever increasing health. Yes, uh, but this is. I mean, I I have to wait and see, but this is this is extremely damaging to uh, wider aggro decks. For sure, and I I agree with chat. There's a couple people throwing out that Sandstorm will like this because he flips. He has multiple tribal combat tribal modes. Uh yeah. The the fact that I don't understand. I mean, I read the the reveal. And I get the the theme around the card. It's a javelin, so you could poke something with it or you could throw it. But at the same time, I don't think this card needed the melee part. It's just it it is just icing on the cake. Um I I remember I don't remember if it was I think it, it's on camera, so I'm not saying anything that it wasn't like like private or anything. Like I remember Scott Van Essen saying at one point that like it just becomes difficult to to like you can't put fractional numbers on cards right like it's very obvious that the unless it has a silver border (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) like like the range part of this is obviously i don't know x x where x is greater than two times better than the the melee version here but like i don't you can't give a white plus three weapon with no downside to the melee stuff. Well, I mean, so, did, like, if you straight up did not have the melee piece, I still think you'd play it, is what I'm saying. Like, I get the thematic element of it's a javelin, and that's why they want it, and all of the reasons that were explained in the reveal article. I think it's just a plain... If it was just the range part and just a plasma burst, this card is still good enough, I think. I mean, I'm... I Like, let's say you had a, let's say you had a character that had... And I, I asked this hypothetical question offline, but I'll answer it myself. <laughs> okay. Well, let's say you have a character not like Omega Supreme that has it in the same mode, that has a melee mode and and a rage mode. Yes. And your and your choice is how do I want to use this card? Like I honestly believe this would have to say melee gets plus four before I would ever consider not pitching it to Plasma Burst. Yeah, I could see that. So, so at that point, like, well, you wouldn't have a choice in this case because you have to <laughs> scrap it. But yeah, no, I mean, like, because you could, uh, like, if I had a choice of which mode to I wanted to attack, and it was like I can get. Oh, you're saying for a flipping or, guy because the the one uh-huh. omega form I think has both. Yeah, yeah. that's why anyway, I was like, confused for a second. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying like if you had a choice as to which one you were actually going to use, I, I think that you would need at least a plus four to equalize to the to the two, da- two damage wherever you're going. I mean, aside from the. The actual usage of the card, I th- as in how valuable a plasma burst with a pip is. It's also, are you really counting on, I mean, again, this will get covered in the next section, but up to this point, are you going to play it on a guy, punch for two damage, two extra damage, and then assume that your guy's going to live to attack again? There are scenarios where that would be true, but I think the plasma burst right now is better than plasma burst later for obvious reasons yeah i mean that's so that's a fair point i mean i hadn't even considered that because i just assume it's just going to get thrown as soon as yeah. you use it because i the, i um, mean it i was thinking about this earlier it would feel somebody out there is gonna throw it on a melee character like the sandstorm example or like you said omega or whoever 
and they're going to swing in for an extra two, and then it's going to get enforcement baton, and it's going to you're going to feel real silly. I just don't understand the scenario where like the the two attack is ever better, even if the target you're trying to do oh, it yeah. on is the is the character. Like, I the guaranteed two I, damage I, is generally going to be more important. It's the same exact thing. Like, when is it ever? I don't understand other than steamroll. When is it ever? And that the, I, I can't think of a mathematical scenario where. It's ever better to just have plus two than to be able to do plus two wherever you want. I, I can't yeah. think of a situation where it's where it's it's ever in the favor of like just attacking for more damage. I would agree with you, and it's <clears throat> bounty. Bounty is the only, I guess bounty is the only way because it has to be combat. Well, yeah. I mean, even there, it's you shoot the guy for two, and then you get him there with combat damage kind of thing like maybe yeah 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 yeah. chat saying uh motormaster or captain ironhide so there is that where you you literally cannot hit them with non-combat damage sure that's that's fair i I mean it is a scenario somebody somebody gave it to me so yeah there you go see this is why i love chat they always got stuff like that (laughs) so um but in general no no it's a defense so defensive driving stop <laughs> all right scott let, it's getting late i'm tired but let's not get wild i don't mm-hmm. think anybody's well there's there's somebody playing defensive driving out there i'm confident mm-hmm. um anyway with, with ram one of course there well obviously obviously <laughs> come even come on um but anyway so actually I don't know. Well, this made me think of it because of white armor, Ramhorn to white armors, and then we never saw a kinetic armor, did we? No, no. I'm not surprised, but I mean, like, neither am I. But it was a. It's one of those. Well, it's a cycle. They got to have one for each, and it just never materialized. Because it would have to read that you probably kept a bonus throughout a phase that you're not supposed to keep bonuses through, right? If that makes any sense. So, like. It would have had to be like because it couldn't be like untap it, which would be the defensive thing, but that would be way too powerful unless it fell off or something. Right, like I, I, I don't know how to. I wouldn't know how. To, I don't know how to. Didn't want some kind of ability to carry through. Well, yeah, you're right. It couldn't just like give you stealth or something like that, or give you brave or something like that. Like the I only, could, you know, what it could have done do at the end. It would have to read something along the lines of this, and obviously this isn't the exact test. It would be flip at the end of your turn, so post-combat, you can put two cards on top of your deck or something like that from your scrap pile, so that that way you can rig your defensive flips. Because otherwise, like you said, you'd have to remember through the next cycle, which is people out there listening or watching probably are thinking, well, that's not that big a deal. But if you think about the way the rest of the game is structured... That, I mean, say Nemesis flips or the new Hot Rod or anything, you physically put a card under there. You don't just remember how many times you've cycled through. You know, it's one of those where they would have to have some sort of marker to to have it do stuff. Yeah, that's fair, and I think they want to avoid that. I, I think Absolutely. You're, you're right about it. I, I think I, you're, you're right at the Nemesis thing and, and these other abilities. You're, you're right. Like, they're actually using ways to... To, to signify that mm-hmm. um, without having to use like a die or like a counter or something like that. So yeah, that, that's a very fair point. Yeah. 
Chad also found another example, take cover for the burn thing. But uh, they're saying every time you transform plan one, the only issue with that is if we're talking about the kinetic armor to keep on theme, you'd want it to be defensive and plans, obviously not, well, maybe not obviously, but it's not going to assist you on your opponent's turn to, to function as an armor. So, um, or at least that's the way I was thinking about it. So that actually does it for the spoiler season. Scott, are you, are you as tired as I am with spoilers? (laughs) Not in a bad way, but like it's been a lot of spoilers. Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird, a long and weird way of looking at it, which I guess it kind of always is. I, I don't know. Like, I just feel different about the way that we looked at this. I think it's because the, of it technically started at Gen Con, and then we also had at least two weeks in there where it was like, good lord, we have half the spoiler almost. I just think it's kind of, I don't want to say, like, I feel like there's just more good cards in the set. And the set definitely feels on its surface more powerful than, say, Siege 1. Which, like, once I actually started, like, writing decks down and things like that, like, and this was before the reveals from that we talked about today, but um, I, I guess I just... I'm a lot more excited about a lot of cards here, and I, I felt like as we were talking through the set, I, I felt like I kept saying this card's awesome, this card's awesome. As I listened back to some of the the um the recordings, and come on, Scott, you you say that about a lot of cards when we do these. <laughs> I mean, I don't say it as much as others, but sure. Well, I'm not a I'm not a hype machine, but I yeah, mean, like well, I really yes. did truly feel that. Um, yeah, we did on, and I can agree with you, and I'm making a joke, but. No, yeah, I yeah. do feel that it's there were a lot of cards where I went, wow, that I really do think I'm gonna play that. And I don't think we in the past overhyped things with other sets. It was just at the time we said, well, this could be really good, or we don't think it's great, and then it worked out potentially in a different direction. A lot of these, like you said, I'm sitting down trying to write up deck lists, characters, battle cards, there's Definitely some powerful stuff that seems as though it's going to have far-reaching impacts. And until recently, I really felt like it was heavily on the character side and not at all on the battle side, especially the last few yeah, I can get uh, shows that we've done. But mm-hmm. I mean, there are certain cards like that I didn't think would see any play, and now I think will. Um, uh, and but on the character side, it's it's. There are so many, I would say probably like... Archetype defining? (laughs) Yeah, and I think they're all 12 or higher, I think. I can't think of one that's like in the the 10 or 11 range that I really felt was like, well, yeah, maybe some of the mercenaries. But like, I really feel like the the power curve on the higher star cost characters Mm -hmm. is is just way higher than it was... um, in the past well that kind of ties into some of the comments that the the wizard team has made before that i want to say it was scott because i remember him saying it but i'm sure all of them have at some point where one of the goals is they want the game to be about the characters so (laughs) you have to make the battle cards seem they could still be powerful but they are definitely playing second fiddle to the characters and they need to be the focus. I mean, it's an IP based game. And I think in this set, to your point, a lot of them are potentially that level of defining where it's, yeah, I'm playing a 
so-and-so deck and you know what it's going to do because of the way the characters are constructed and the way the team's constructed and it has such a drastic impact on both what you play and how your opponent's play pattern will change well that's why i believe as we as we went through all the as we went through, i'll just say this. um and we were saying so many of them are powerful i think it's because it might be time to you know, we're talking about this, like, differentiating the way the deck. I mean, like, because your, your, your mind immediately goes when you're spending this much stars to, like, a defensive deck to keep that character alive. That not that might not be true. Maybe even those defensive decks can't look the same. Right. Um, and it's not just going to be because I'm this arranged melee X like specialist like it's not yeah. i don't think it's just going to be because of those reasons so it i guess to clarify your point or make sure i'm understanding uh it, you're saying more that it's whatever the text box is it's not going to be limited to the traits anymore on the card it, it's going to be you know that the text box actually drives the overall strategy for the deck as opposed to maybe finding the best character to fit the strategy the other way around I don't know if that made any you, more sense. I think you have to look for ways to differentiate. I think I think the order that certain characters came out, we said like this guy's going to be defining. Then we're like, no, this guy's going to be defining. Like if you go back and listen, it just mm. it's, it's like it's like we're like we're just going to stick these two battle masters with this with this thirteen cost character. We're going to stick these two battle masters with this twelve cost character, and it's like the decks can't look exactly the same. I don't think and mm. play out play out that way. I just don't think that that's. I think they're trying to differentiate the strategies among the the higher cost characters and i think that's really where the differentiation is going to be and where the true deck building is going to come into play and it's not just going to be what because this guy costs 16 and this guy costs 15 like you're only left with these partners like you're left with these partners for a reason right and it's it's not just like you can't just plug and play the battle deck like you have to make like this is going to be even more important than it was in the like in the past like your wide aggro decks all had the same 40 card yeah or at least definitely the the same 34 or so because you know bugs you'll have swarm sort of thing uh whatever their tribal or on theme card is right but i mean most of it looked the same i think that probably is where where this is going to i think the set is forcing you to not do that on purpose because, well, I'm, I mean, that's got to be a goal of theirs. They don't. <laughs> I can't imagine they would be happy if every orange deck was identical, except for the the guys in front of you, or and every blue deck the same. Right, but I think there's going to be some digging beneath the surface to to get you to that point, and I, I don't know that. I don't even know that I've started getting to that level yet, just because. Mm-hmm. I like I think like what we talked about with Springer, for example, where it changes the way decks need to be built or like right um you know like like i'll just do like a practical example like we didn't we we played blaster at gen con like we didn't play coming transmission mm-hmm. and we realized we realized after you know after the fact during the eiq season like how important it was to get the force field for ramhorn so what's the what's the most powerful impact we can get from any card draw uh, action because we we're already playing treasure hunt and already playing you know confidence like what other one can we get and it's like 
oh, well, we'll just also play incoming transmission because it really doesn't hurt us. Exactly. Another way of getting to that. Yeah. And like, on like, we just cut out like, like, it's things like that. Like, like, uh, I w- I don't really like to run that card in if I can avoid it in aggro decks. I'm not gonna run. Uh, I don't even know if there was like an. Well, I guess there were. Like, there wasn't a lot of wide. There wasn't a wide Autobot. I guess there were, but like, you had confidence. You had yeah. You had all these other cards already, and it's like I don't also need to run. I don't need to run three card draw effects in my aggro deck that's also going to facilitate something. Because it wasn't facilitating something else. It was just smoothing out your hand in every other deck. Exactly. Until you got the, until you got the blaster. And now all of a sudden, it was doing both. Right. And so, but like we didn't have that at the time. And we didn't have, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of time to figure it out. But like, it's, I think it's those types of subtle deck building changes that, that, that this set allows for and, I guess, forces you in a way. Well, I think, I don't know if we're, I expect, and we'll be going into this as we, we're still going to be talking about the new set for obvious reasons in coming weeks. Uh, and we do still want to do our usual thing of top 10 lists or top five, top whatevers. But I think to use the blaster example, like that was a, I don't want to say minute, but a, a finesse change when we realized what was necessary, like you were saying, I, I feel like we're very much at the still I mean, we only just got the whole set today. The clunky change stage, for lack of a better way to put it, where it's, okay, well, we we haven't built up enough steam and background with a given deck. And I think that, I mean, the spreadsheet that I have with Deckless is there are a lot of tabs, and they, like you said, they, the decks are differentiating themselves battle deck-wise. It's not just simply plug-and-play orange stuff to orange stuff because maybe this one wants a more bold focus this one wants a more whatever focus sort of thing a lot of mine look like oh we're losing you scott <laughs> say that again oh god did we lose him entirely no, no, no. nope that's not true because i can hear the other co- the other co-host there <laughs> Oh, he's muting himself. I guess he's trying to uh, to calm our co-hosts because they're so excited about Siege 2. Um, I think he was saying, and I'm sure he'll clarify when he gets back, that a lot of his stuff is starting to homogenize. Um, <clears throat> I'm definitely not at that point yet because, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned in a lot of shows and other, other media before that I love every idea and I want to try them. Um, and it takes me a while to let go of them. So it's not so much necessarily inflating specific cards or characters, although they're, I tend to do that internally anyway because I love a given character, but it's more so that I'm trying to work through all of these different scenarios and I just haven't quite gotten the rule of thumb lined up where I could say, yeah, th- th- this is not going to cut it because of a concrete reason. A lot of it is still, I'm working through whether Springer or this other character or Spinister or whatever happens to matter, although I guess Spinister's had a very bad day today, <laughs> given the reveals. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Spinister, and I, I'll be honest. So, like I said before, I loved Sturdy Javelin. I thought it was hilarious when they did the reveal with Spear and Magic Helmet, like we talked about 
and it's funny because we were literally just joking about it on the last episode. Spinister, I love as a character from the comics. Um, and I always jokingly post the frame where he's the, the or the comic frame where he's the, uh, literally the dumbest creature in the entire universe, I think is the line or something similar. But man, he, he took a beating today. It, mm-hmm. it was bad. It feels real bad. It's not quite the same if you can't go like fire drive lionizer because sabotage armaments blows you up. If you do like sights vanguard, yeah, you'll get your bonus, but it's just not quite as intimidating. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think like this game is not has been proven to not. How do I say it? Like like there aren't there aren't subtle answers have two power of cards a lot of times. It's like you're kind of just like you just have to adjust completely. Like, and if you don't, like you're just you're just way behind the curve. So, like forcing to uh, forcing just blue like big Decepticons against press or something like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like I mean, like you can try everything under the sun to like get yourself out of the situation, but it's like there are there were subtle ways to deal with it. But if you didn't draw them in succession, you were just leaving yourself open to a turn one out. Yeah, and you just and so, lose on the spot, sort of thing. I right. mean, obviously, they're the shockwaves of the world managed to weather the storm on that front, but I definitely sort agree. Of. There were there were a lot of Decepticon builds that I would have liked to have tried, and I agree with you. Looking forward to this, the next set. I mean, we're in very much the same position where there are some clearly powerful cards, and it's does this inherently push other things out because it's not just. I'll slot in three cards. If they're not green, what happens when you don't see them? And then what happens if you don't see them at the right time? What happens if you don't see them on the right turn? What happens yeah. if you don't Like you're talking about the secret when... action. It's it, Sometimes it's the one turn where something's exposed. You have to have it, which, whichever side of the, the combat you're on. Right, with no way to interact with secret actions, with no way mm-hmm. to... to... Yeah, there's just not a lot of ways that you... There aren't a lot of like, I don't mean literal, but I mean like there aren't there is just there isn't that much opportunity for counterplay because it has to be on a specific turn is the issue. Like it has to be at a specific time. Um, it doesn't mean that there's not a lot of interaction. It just means that there's not a lot of like as much back and forth that can happen in a given turn, not in a given turn cycle, but in a given turn yeah. because of the, mm-hmm. the nature of the game. Yeah, the relationship of when you have to try and play around things to get that counterplay, you know, uh, in general, is it's way different from other games because of the way the turn structure is, the way the flow of the game works. You have to plan it ahead. You have to play, like when we were talking about inspiring leadership earlier, any card draw effects, when we were talking about Springer, that's one of the, the bonuses, finding those, I don't want to call them silver bullets, but... The thing, whatever the thing is that you need to hit in sequence, it smooths all that out. Um, and without those, like you said, it you can't just go well in response. I do blah. It, that's not how this game works. Yeah, and in, in a character based game and in a large tournament, if you're if you're also trying to plan for something like that, and you don't run into it, like you're you're wasting valuable slots or valuable time or valuable anything mm-hmm. in doing that, and and. I think what this set allows through its powerful characters is it might allow you ways to get around that. 
um, in in subtle ways because again, control deck X will look different than control deck Y. Aggro deck X will look different than aggro deck Y because of the character abilities. And I don't like like you said, I don't just mean Spinister can carry two weapons, so I can play him with two battle masters. Like oh exactly. his oh his his ability gives a leap into battle to battle masters. Like oh I guess I should play some battle masters in my like that's like. <laughs> That's like level. That's like level one. That's the I mean, yeah. Like, like Wizards has said, it's the signpost character. That one kind of hands it to you and says, "Okay, do this." Yeah, but it's like, what does that mean? Like, like if you if you were to build that deck, for example, and I'll just I'll just like you know think about it like theoretically. Like, if you had that deck and you had a de- you had a deck with like what what happens when you have a two battle master deck but with a character that can carry two weapons how many weapons slots are you going to put in your battle deck right like if the an- if the answer is less let's just i don't know let's just say instead of like i don't know instead of like eight or nine or ten or eleven that you usually play you're going to play five let's just say i'm just throwing this out there right right um so like what is the domino effect of that like is it suddenly i'm only playing you know 17 upgrades so like now what's the domino effect of that like what 23 actions are you going to play? Like, what's going to, how do your, how do your turns going to play out? Because, like, I just think there's a lot of characters like that that, that heavily influence the way that the deck is built. So then, therefore, heavily influence the way the turns play out, domino effect from there. Absolutely. And I think the quicker, and I'm not, this isn't like, like, there's a lot of that to tackle in a, in a short period of time if you're planning to go. To the Energon Invitational, um, but I believe that what the it seems like yes, this is just how you build decks. But I just think it's more difficult than that, if that makes any sense. Well, I to elaborate on your point, just using the Spinister example, if you drop down to five weapons, that has a drastic impact on because presumably that example would have been you're playing two weapon battle masters. I'm going to go yeah. out on a limb say it's Fire Drive and Lionizer. Sure. Probably orange. In that scenario, yes, you get your leap. You could play your action for the turn on those guys. But if you're, what are those other utilities now? What are they adding damage? Are they debilitating crystals? Are they whatevers? And I agree with you. All of these characters are presenting those sort of questions because Galaxy Prime clearly wants you to play a bunch of utilities or other characters want you to play a bunch of this or or not play certain other things. Screwing up those numbers is going to have a drastic negative impact on and could tell you, oh yeah, this guy's unplayable, when in reality it's just you need to adjust to whatever the character's card text is. It, as in... it. Not necessarily playing against it because we're not even at that step yet. It's just building the deck itself. And you could turn around and go, this deck is terrible. This character is terrible simply because you skewed the numbers too high or too low on whatever they're trying to get you to compensate for. Correct. So, yeah, it's it's, like you were saying, it's going to be a subtle change that... On the surface, it seems, yeah, you play less weapons because you have weapons, again, with the Spinister example, but exactly how many and how you are then, because the obvious thing there is, well, now your turns are less efficient if you can only play one card and action because you cut all the upgrades from your your deck or a, a good chunk of them. 
or do you still need them because a leap and a ability are not enough to continue whatever your game plan is or something like that. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of changes overall with how people are going to come at deck construction. And then once we figure out what everything shakes out to be, how you're actually playing these matchups. Yeah. Cause then you're, then you're in a situation where you're like, okay, well, like what if, what if my battle masters don't get killed right away? Like how yep. are they going to actually do any damage if I only am playing four weapons of my deck or something like that like, you know exactly like, it's it's things like that like it, it's similar to the way like the only other the, the other examples i can think of this like um like again we talked about this in blaster like what happens when you flip the quote unplayable cards <laughs> i've flipped a lot like, of improvised shields <laughs> <laughs> right. um like what happens if you um you know when i was building general optimist like i still had i don't something like eight or nine weapons and it was like what what if fire drive has to replace one of those weapons is that going to be better and it's like right not not always but like if, if he doesn't die i'm not doing anything exactly so um i just think there's going to be a lot of i i think there's going to be a lot of points like that because there's a lot of characters with powerful abilities there's a lot of characters that um have you know, flip to alt mode abilities that are flip abilities in general that are powerful, and it's like you know, this. It's a huge flip density thing with the set as well, for sure. Um, Which is interesting. I mean, we obviously got new battle masters for other slots, but given what we saw today with the, the kind of the kneecapping of the weapon battle masters, the you can't just go, oh well, I'll play fire drive, and then I can just flip my other guys a million times. Well. You gotta. There might be some additional thoughts that have to come in there. But then, if, like a lot of decks I was building would have like two different battle masters, and then it's like, well, if my if my other characters aren't don't have good flips, like what am I going to do from turn? Like, let's just say, yeah, you lose out on a phase of your turn. Yeah, right. So, like, what am I doing on like like let's just say I was playing a four character deck and two of them were battle masters. Like, what am I doing? And like, once I get those other two guys like in the mode that they're supposed to be attacking in. Like, and, and let's just say their flip abilities just weren't exciting for stats. I don't know who they are. Just throw them out there. Yeah, it would um, hypotheticals. Right, barrage and somebody. Who cares? Um, like, do I really want to be flipping back to give Pierce two? But like, I I think we have to see how games play out to where like you know we're obviously obsessed with like this is how the first turn cycle plays out. And this is what the board should look like after the first turn cycle, and I'll clean up from there. Right. Um, but, like, if past the first turn cycle, everybody's still alive because the, the game's more defensive or whatever, like, all of a sudden, now, these type of, like, move of to how am I going to flip my guys back and all this other stuff suddenly comes into play, and it's not just as straightforward as get my guy in the mode they want to attack and defend it. Because those two things usually aren't the same most efficiently, and then move on with. It's going to be mm. more of this, like I don't want to lose an entire phase of the game type thing. Absolutely, and that is going to be crucial moving forward. Given, I mean, even if because you were saying the longer games, that there's a thing from other card games where better players tend to be drawn to control decks. It 
if the games are longer, there are more decision points, more chances for you to outplay your opponent. Those all come into play. Uh, it's also going to be a familiarity, which I guess uh, of those scenarios where everybody probably has their first few turns, maybe in the first cycle, mapped out in given matchups. Maybe it, it, previously, if it was just okay, everybody's dead by that point. It didn't matter. Now you have to actually consider how you're going to accomplish the things you were just describing. Of okay, do I flip back? Do I get extra advantage out of this character because they lived until turn seven, sort of thing? Right. We there just wasn't as much of an opportunity for that to come into play. Exactly. In the past. Because you're either on your heels right away, and therefore, like your decision points were whatever I need to do to stay alive, right? Or, or you were the the aggressive deck in the, in the situation, and you basically just kept keep the pressure on. For lack of a better term, kept pressing the advantage, like <laughs> yeah. um, that, that you had. Um, and so, like when that when that might not play out that way because of the power level of the cards and the characters that are in the set. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden, like you, like you said, like there's just there's just going to be a lot more back and forth and more decision points that are going to need to be made, and exactly. a lot more like I guess sub like how do you deal with suboptimal situations? I'm not right. always going to be able to attack in the right mode. I'm not always going to be able to defend in the right mode. Well, luckily we've seen multiple characters where there are multiple modes. They you're usually triple changers that 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 <laughs> yes that they attack. <laughs> They attack and defend just as well, in you know, and, and mm. things like that. Um, so I don't know. I, and again, like once we now that the full, and I know we're going all this, but you said this was going to be free form at the yeah, end. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, we're kind of it's all over because we will be circling back to this. Like I said before, we'll yeah. do our our stuff in future episodes where it's more focused on things. These are just general thoughts now that we have the whole set. Yeah, and like as we as we went through certain cards, like you know. We thought certain characters were, you know, very exciting, very play. Now that that might have changed. Um, there, there's just a lot more enemies to certain deck strategies now. There's a lot more um, answers to certain deck strategies. Like I think, I think the set is just very cohesive in what it's trying to do. Um, you know, you had a character like Astro Train that's playable. Yeah, not, not any longer. Yeah, um, that this changes. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I don't. I wa- really wanted Astro Train to work. I, I, I don't know if he's really going to be there, but yeah, it this he has some act like beyond what he had. There are some serious issues now. Yeah. Um. You know, that's just that's just like one example. Um. Uh, I think of others. I mean, that's a big one that I can yeah. think of. I mean, there there are other examples from it, like you said, that now that we have the full set, and it, it, that was always the danger of, oh, well, we have over half the set. We can get started. There was still a lot of cards left, and any given card could shake everything up. We have the the general theme, but specific cards for like some of the ones we saw today drastically change opinions of things we talked about. The, the ban that was announced... <laughs> a good chunk of the way through previews ends up changing the opinion of a lot of these things. I got to go back and look at all those guys wearing purple badges and see how those things. Well, and we didn't, we didn't talk about this, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. we played in a tournament last weekend and press obviously is not banned yet. And I was, and I was playing, I was playing with it because, you know, 
it's not banned. <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a really good card. And I try to play with really good cards. I've I've heard um, some things. I've heard some things. And I, I try to and I try to take mental note, of, like what what playing it and get it, but most specifically, like what getting what getting it into my hand meant for my hand quality. And there, mm-hmm. I, I I can't see a replacement. That's there's no replacement that's going to have that level of effect. Not um, right now. No, <laughs> I'm and, not sure and, we ever will again. No, no, and 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 like my turns were just a lot better because of it. Whether I was playing against Decepticons, I mean, obviously it was way better when I was playing against Decepticons, but um, mm. just just in general, like like I just felt like I had more to do in a turn because of it, and um, you know, I don't see that many greens in this set that are amazing, and that, yeah. I, they're not on that level. But I just mean they're not. They're not absolutely amazing where like i'm definitely going to always get it when it shows up right so you know even just subtle effects like that which is the same thing like it's the thing we talked about but i but it, i definitely saw it in action um you know uh, like like i think we touched on it like you know i was able to make my improvised shields better i was able to make my my worst cards playable exactly um, through the battle deck and i think now there are characters that allow you to do that, but there aren't as many battle cards right. that are going to allow you to do that. So, Which, again, like we were saying earlier, I think is a, a general goal of the Wizards team in order to, you know, the game is based on Transformers. The Transformers should feel important. It shouldn't be, well, I'll just slap together four random bots because who cares? I'm just playing all the good orange cards and I'll grenade launch a reckless charge cup and get in for 100. Yeah. You know, like I, I think our opinions on black cards change now. Absolutely, I mean, one of the big, thing, one of the big things we said was, was like the quote, like the weapon problem. Right. Um. And and if if this card hurts that, you're you change a lot. So yeah, the relationship um, between a lot of the, it, well, I was going to say the spheres, but also again, our opinions on certain things. As I see somebody asking in chat, what what changed a lot of our opinions? I mean. The the newest cards, the ones we talked about today, the the ban of PTA. Uh, now that we have a greater scope of what we're looking at, whether it's characters or battle cards, all of these things have now upended the world on multiple levels. Yeah, I mean, we talked about like we mentioned it subtly before. Like, I mean, like we were spending time trying to look at the different patrols. Like, I don't know. I mean. Don't know if these cards help or hurt them. I don't, but like bounty really hurt them. So like, yeah. Even 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 that's what I'm saying. Even within the set itself, like if if they made a format of just this set, there would be yeah, enough block. counterplay back. Yeah, there'd be enough counterplay back and forth where these types of cards would interact with these types of cards positively and negatively and etc. Like that's what really impresses me about this is just right. the the amount of this back and forth that there is even just within the set, because, like, you know, I guess, and I guess we can look at the Siege block as a whole. Mm-hmm. I don't even think it's, I don't even know what it's called. Like, Siege 1 and 2 together is, right. as a giant, as a giant set, there's just a lot of back and forth, like, you know. Absolutely. You have, you have these MicroMaster Patrol teams, and you're like, oh, well, Heat of Battle exists, for example. Clearly a card that would, you know, if we were imagining a world with just these two sets, would clearly go in those types of decks. Of and then, it, like, a like I said, at the same time, you have 
these bounty abilities where you're like, well, I mean, Nightbird's bounty ability is really good, right? But how 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 often is she actually going to be able to kill another character? Well, if your other characters are like three six zero <laughs> sitting across the table, yeah. like you're probably going to get gonna, there, <laughs> right? So like now, all of a sudden, you get their their action cards out of the deal. Like, you know, again, given that it would only be a siege block, it might not matter as much. But nonetheless, like that would be an example of of just ways that you can that these cards counteract one. Exactly. Yeah, it's so, definitely interesting looking at it from that perspective, the the level of intricacy between the two sets. And it, since you brought up the word block, uh, it hasn't been said. I don't think there's even been any kind of inclination from the Wizards team that any of this stuff exists, but it would be cool to try that constructive format. For anybody out there who isn't aware, that it comes from other games where and I'm going to use magic as an example because they invented it. It's there would be a big set and then two little ones. And those three sets together would comprise the block. And it was not uncommon that there would be tournaments that would say you could only use cards from those sets. And they were built both with regular constructed quote unquote limited and these block formats in mind so that the interrelation, the interactions that Scott was explaining matter within the block so it gives you a a microcosm of the constructed environment the overall constructed environment by playing with this subset it allows you to use also a number of other characters or cards that maybe you wouldn't normally like they're you may or may not play them in limited but they're not quite there for you know there are better options from the last block but you could use them in in this to play these either tribal themes or whatever. It's it's a fun way to play the game. I'm very curious if we will get that sort of thing long-term. I mean, I plan... I would like to run an event with that myself. If, if they're... If, I mean, we do have some third-party tournament circuits now. Maybe they'll, yeah. they'll pick something up. Just throwing that out there. I don't know. <laughs> if you guys I mean, are out there me. listening... <laughs> Assuming nothing's too broken. I mean, I don't know how it's created. Well, yeah. It has to be created with that in mind, the issue. But, I, but, it, but, but again, the meta usually would adjust to that situation anyway, and I think that would be an interesting... It also depends on how long it would be run for if, you know... I, I mean, obviously, I'm joking, and I'm saying maybe PPG will pick it up. Not saying they will, because I have no idea. But if they did, and they ran one event with it, unless something was, you know, glaringly, obviously broken, and I don't know if anybody's put any thought into with that in mind, anything about Siege 1 or Siege 2, then if it's only one event, unless it's wide known, you know, that's the breakout deck of the event, and then, okay, that that's the, that's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I just like it because it makes under it makes seemingly underpowered cards become extremely important. Yes. It gives you another way to, just like Limited is another way to play with your cards, constructed of varying forms allows you to play in different ways and use other cards exactly like you said you may never pick that card up otherwise yeah because it has a i don't it's been power creep some other way yeah like reverse reverse in a way it also allows you to in these sort of scenarios find those interactions that you may not have thought of because i've done that a lot in limited but block also allows for that where it's Oh, well, these cards actually kind of work out together. Well, maybe I need to reevaluate this other thing in the the larger format to incorporate it. You know, it, it mm-hmm. gives you 
again, a number of different ways, get more value out of the things that you were shelling out money for. Yeah, and I just think, oh, I was other shine. Dust. Yep. That's what I... Exactly. Um, skim and chat real quick. Uh, I see somebody was asking, what's a silver border? I know that was a joke we alluded to earlier. In Magic, there were a couple... Well, now there's three. I think it's a block also. Funny that we were talking about that. Three non-tournament legal sets where all the cards were jokes. Look up uh, Unglued, Unhinged, and I don't know what the third one's called. Maybe it was Unhinged, it was Unglued and something. But they're all joke sets that... What was that? There's a new one coming out, I know. Yeah, I know there's a third one, but I don't remember if that's called Unhinged or the second one was. I don't remember the names because that was... I was there for Unglued, but I was not there in the scene for uh, the other ones. But that's what that is. Um, what's a spear and magic helmet? Well, you could tune in for uh, our previous episode um, or check out the uh, the Twitter accounts that you see on screen because I did tweet something out when they uh, earlier this afternoon when Sturdy Javelin hit it. But Looney Tunes, spear and magic helmet. You could probably find yeah. it on Google. <laughs> I'm just, or I'm, YouTube, yep. I was going to say, yep. I'm confident there's something on YouTube. <laughs> I probably yep. still have my VHS somewhere, I'm not going to lie, but I don't remember the last time I had a VCR, so. I mean, neither of us, of us were alive when that came. So. Well, yes, but that doesn't mean I didn't watch the crap out of it when I was a no. kid. Like, I watched yeah. a lot of Looney Tunes, I'll admit, when I was a yep. kid, so. Yep. Um, but anyway, so that's the end of the spoiler season, but we're not done with the set obviously. So Scott, is there anything else you wanted to throw in? As I mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to do our, our usual lists. I'm trying to concoct some other formats. So it's not just us talking about the cards again, or see if we can structure it a little bit differently to focus it or whatever. If anybody out there listening or watching prefers a certain thing, any comments about how we handle the spoilers, by all means, let us know because it, it is something that's, it's very, there's a lot of volume for it and trying to do it in an appropriate way can be challenging. But before I ramble too much, was there anything else you wanted to add on this, Scott, or anything people should be waiting for Vector Sigma wise or anything else? Uh, now that the full spoiler is out, like I said, um, the reality is just going to be that there's just going to, we just don't have enough time as it's to, to put out the, to that we're going to necessarily be able to keep to our daily content regiment. So, because we just have to get ready for Energon and PBG tour and things like that. So like, there's only so many hours in a day. We still have whatever. So, um, I just can't promise the daily content that that had been there to this point. So, just bear with us as best as possible. Yeah, we're definitely not going away as you'd imagine. But like Scott is explaining, it's there is a constraint on it. No matter how hard we try, that <laughs> there there's. 24 hours in the day and we'll we'll be filling lots of them with transformers so <laughs> yeah the only the only way that we can give you in-depth knowledge is by learning and if we don't have the time to do that because we're cranking out mediocre what we would consider to be mediocre content then it's just not worth it to anybody involved, so yeah it definitely want to make sure that everything that we're putting out i mean as i said earlier all of this stuff has been very much hot takes it's off the top of our heads, very little preparation for it because that's the intent. But we want to make sure that all the other lists or articles or, or strategy discussions we bring to everybody are we we have evidence behind it to defend whatever the position happens to be. Yeah, like I said, the big thing for me when we started out this 
rambling section of the podcast was um <laughs> as i went back and thought about things that had been said in previous shows like i said it is the hot take nature but at the same time i do think it's a very powerful set and i do think that in reality there is going to be a pecking order that that's determined by a lot of these cards look very similar on paper to the way that the decks would play out and finding the subtleties one is more powerful than the other is going to be like where the where the rubber meets the road, I guess you could say. Right. You know, like if you go back and listen to all the podcasts we had on page two, it's going to sound like <laughs> play it, play them on one point five or two <laughs> two times <laughs> yeah. speed. Just saying. <laughs> we think it's the best. Yeah. is the best thing ever. But like that was again without having it. I've I've actually made a conscious effort to try and reel it back in, or or at least you know try and find holes in things i i did make a conscious effort this spoiler season i don't know how well i succeeded but i mean it, i don't know like to me like playable always means like it can find a home and mm. 40 card deck and like as i'm sketching out things like it, there just aren't as many replacements to some old staples as i would have thought or i'm just not building decks right right makes sense well i think That'll do it for this week. I told everybody at the at the top that we would end up dragging it out, and we did. So mission accomplished. Um, <laughs> but definitely tune in next time and going forward as we get closer to Energon, we're going to have a whole lot more stuff for you, although, as Scott was explaining, not necessarily on the same schedule. But keep your eyes peeled. We'll still have more content for you. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk. Dan here from VectorSigma.info. We wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of a Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like this one or verse videos or any of the other great content that we provide on our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.